Sunday is going to be a really special Sunday. Um, we're going to have a baby dedication for Rory, okay? And I know some of you guys are like, amen. And some of you guys are like, what the heck is that? What are we doing? I don't know. This is strange, you know, and all these kind of things. And um, so um, essentially what that's going to be is, is Ben and Sarah and their extended families will be joining us. And um, as a new baby in our community, in our, in, in our world here amongst our families, is um, we want to pray over Rory and the family. And we want to have that time as a family. All right, so I know sometimes we hear kind of Christian words sometimes go, what are we actually going to be doing to this child? Um, okay, and, uh, but, but that's really an important part. I mean, we want to welcome uh, not just, uh, Rory's been with us obviously for almost a year. She's almost a year old. Can you believe that? I mean, that's amazing. Um, but it is important as a community that we come together and pray for her and her parents and their families. And, and also that we remember um, that as a community, um, we also are helping Rory walk and become a disciple one day, too. And that's really an important thing. So um, if, there, if you need any more clarification, um, I, I do appreciate some of you did ask, and you're like, hey, can you clarify this for me? Um, some of you, I had to ask you, and you're like, yeah, that freaked me out. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Just feel free to ask. It's okay to ask questions. So it's good to, to do that. So uh, we won't be doing anything super strange. Carl's going to do an interpretive dance. Uh, I think that's the only thing, okay? Um, but, uh, but other than that, let, let's do something right here again. Let's remember, uh, sometimes it's, it, it is difficult. I know in my mind it, it, it's difficult to remember that, um, you know, when we gather here, Um, This is a really, it's a special time as a community. It's a special time that we do get to sing together, whether you really love singing or you don't love singing, whether you like the songs or don't like the songs or whatever it is. Um, But we also get to hear God's word. And and it's not just words, thankfully. Um, And so let's really just take a deep breath. Just kind of get yourself right here. I don't know if you're thinking about all kinds of different things. Um, You know, one of the things that we're super grateful for is, you know, um, Josh Hagen's fiance, Rachel, as you guys know, she suffered a stroke this week, which is, I've, man, how rare is that, that a young person has a stroke? Um, But thankfully, um, she is doing exceptionally well. I mean, she's out of the ICU. Um, I mean, her just prognosis looks really, really great, um, which is really amazing, but Everybody, we all can kind of have something that kind of sticks with us during the week that we can't kind of uncling from and remember that, man, we get to hear out of God's word, which is good news. This is, this is really good news, okay? Um, and so let's take a second and just kind of like take a deep breath um, and let's pray, all right? Father, um, as, we, uh, as we come to you today, um, man, we live in such a hectic world and a fast-paced world and it just seems like we can go from one thing to the next and we can worry and be fearful, but also be super excited about so many things. There's just so many emotions that can happen and we can be inundated by information. We can be inundated by entertainment. Uh, and Father, I just really, I pray that we can take a deep breath right now uh, and hear your word. Uh, Father, that we can hear what you're saying to us. Father, I pray that you help me uh, not get in the way of that message. Father, help me to just back up, uh, say your words, Father. And uh, as we leave here, Father, I do pray that you help us to understand uh, more than ever, Father, that you're calling us to uh, be in relationship with people, with our communities, with our world, Father. This isn't just something for us to hoard uh, on our own and just be kind of good isolated people. Father, I pray that you help us uh, to see your calling in your word. Father, we love you and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Um, So 
hopefully a few words are kind of going through your mind over the past four or five weeks, okay? What, what, what are some of those? I'm going to quiz you just a little bit, okay? Because there are some words we've been using, right? Humility is one of those words, right, that uh, I hope you're thinking that it's on. Ryan's going, it's the worst thing that's happened to me. It's humility. I hope the word is like coursing through your veins, right? Because this is one of those things that I don't remember how many times I've stopped in my life and just thought, dude, are, are you even like, are you embracing humility or are you just trying not to be prideful? Yeah. Are you just trying to like behave in a certain way that looks humble instead of seeing that, wow, I mean, the, the story that God is telling us is saturated in humility from Jesus himself all the way down to his followers, right? I mean, so hopefully you're hearing that word. I hope it, I hope it stay. I hope you dream about that word. All right. What's another word that you've been hearing? Correction. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, (laughs) and that is right. You're right. I'm not going to correct that. That's, but yeah, so last week we talked about that idea, that painful part of humility of being able to accept correction. Everybody loves that, right? <laughs> Olivia loves it. Van loves it. Carl absolutely loves it. You know, I mean, it's one of those things where we're going, oh, man, I love correction. But you know how it feels like when you're corrected either by God or if somebody, heaven forbid, somebody else figures out that we aren't perfect. Yeah. Right? Is there anybody in your life that has figured that out yet? Yes. That you are, Have you ever been offended? Like, maybe it's a spouse. Maybe it's a child. Maybe it's a friend. Maybe it's a coworker. And they offer you some correction. And, you, and it's infuriating. Because they found out that you can mess up, all right? And we're going, hold on a minute. I, I do mess up, though. Why is this so painful to hear? Why is it so? It's just because we're, pride, we're so prideful and defensive yeah. uh, and protecting of ourselves. Like, giving correction is simple, right? I mean, that's, like, that's halfway enjoyable sometimes. <laughs> Taking it is just painful. What's another word you've been hearing that hopefully is just, like, staying with you? Yes, that, that word, okay, that, that word that, that I, hopefully that flavors everything we talk about. That's the why, all right? Because remember what we're not doing? We're not, we're not coming here and going, okay, what are those three behavioral things that I can go ahead and do and then feel more Christian, all right? It isn't like, okay, how can I look more humble? It's the idea of why would I embrace humility? Why would I, why would I want to be humble? Why would I consider somebody more important than me? Why would, I, why would I consider God so much greater than me? Why would I actually serve somebody? Why would I change my behaviors if it's hurting a relationship? Well, the why is because there's this story that the Bible calls the gospel. But there's a story that's been written from before time, and it's this story about God redeeming us okay and and when we personalize that not just not just know the facts right but when it's personal when when it's personal to you that God actually chose you but not on your best day on your worst day that on your worst day he would go to fight for you all right on your when you when you didn't want anything to do with God he was saying no no no, you're the one I want though right you're not a lost cause you aren't forgotten you, it's not too late for you, okay? When that's embodied, that gives us a reason of why, why would I embrace humility? Man, because the creator of the universe, he believes that this can happen. He believes in me. He believes I'm not worthless. He believes that I'm not forgotten. He believes I am important enough to be invested in, all right? And so when we're embodying that, I hope every time you think, why would I do this? 
as a Christian, the answer is, well, if the gospel, if that story that's been written from the beginning of time is true, there isn't anything that will give us more worth than that. There isn't anything that makes it more safe. To, this is the safest place you can be because it doesn't matter. You could, you could have had the worst week this week. And, and the gospel says, listen, don't hide it. Don't deny it. Come on out into the light. It's safe in the light. Because on your worst week, God said, I rescued you. I wanted you. Okay? So it's a safe place. So hopefully you're hearing humility, gospel, faith, these different words that are going through it. Going, we've been talking about. My son did talk to me last week. He said, Dad, you have to get rid of those 80s graphics that you've been using. And I'm like, 80s graphics are awesome, man. How do you not get wrap your arm around 80s graphics? So I'm like, nothing says generation, you know, whatever, like ripped paper, okay? I mean, that, can, can you connect with that, Olivia? Are you down with that? All right. Yeah. Reese, are you good with that? All right. Is this an updated version? Okay. So now I can tell you're like, now I can embrace humility. <laughs> you got rid of that. 80s stuff, man. Here's the passage right here, okay? Ephesians 4, as a prisoner for the Lord. Remember, Paul is writing this. He says, as a prisoner for the Lord, and he's literally a prisoner, all right? He could not leave his house. He was under house arrest. He says, I urge you, live your life in a, to, worthy of the calling you've received. What is that calling? It's the gospel. It's God going, no, you're the one I want. Now come and follow me. He says, live a life worthy of that. And this is the, the rub. This is the hard part, right? Try to be humble, it says that, right? No. Try to be humble. That's what he says, right? He says, commanding, be completely humble. Be completely humble. And, and, and what does that even mean? We've defined that word. And really, it's the idea of having a right understanding. Humility is not, let me tell everyone how horrible I am. It's understanding who we are and who God is. It's understanding that we're in need. We, we really are kind of that old saying that people, people talk about in, in a community of faith. We really need to have the attitude that we're all beggars trying to show one another where to get food. All right. That humility says, no, I'm, I, I am just like... When it comes down to it, I need God. I can't, I don't orchestrate everything, right? I, I don't make the world spin. I don't make everything great. The, the things that are most important, I don't have power to do, right? That's humility of knowing my place and knowing God's place and working and living together in that way. He says, be completely humble and gentle, be patient, bearing with one another in love. And there's a word I want you to keep in mind, actually two words, okay? That word, th those two words, one another, all right, should set off really alarms in your head. Okay, here's why. Oftentimes, the very thing that me and you all want to do when it comes to any topic of Christianity is how can I turn this into something that's just about me? How can I become, how can I go do this independently? How can I be living my own life in my own home, in my own comfort, and be humble? And you say, no, no, no. See, the idea of being humble is actually it has to be played out in a community, in relationships, okay? It isn't, how can I be more humble as I binge watch Netflix? How can I be more humble as I go and make more money? How can I be more humble? It's the idea of, no, it's this idea of, I, I'm, I need to embrace relationships in order to even have an idea of how to practice humility, yeah. okay? And so as I was kind of looking at some things, I thought, you know what, there's, there are some things 
that I've recognized in my life, and, and maybe they'll touch on yours a little bit, I think they will, um, that can just absolutely neutralize that, okay? That can, that can just get in the way of, of even thinking about being humble in relationships or even thinking about really the gospel. There are there's these obstacles that get in the way, and sometimes I just sit in front of the obstacle. And you may too. You ever just been stuck like that and you're like, I don't know why I'm not hearing God more. I don't know why I'm not more relatable. I don't know why I'm not more excited about this. I don't know why the gospel is just information. It's not really passionately active in me. And sometimes we just kind of sit in the road, you know, and there's a big old obstacle. I don't know what happened right there. Um, we, we just kind of sit in the middle of the road and there's a big old obstacle. We're going, man, if this rock just wasn't here, I could do this. All right. Almost everyone, I would say everyone in here, you would go, no, I want to be humble. No, I want to, I want to be relatable. I want to overcome. I want to follow Jesus. I want the good news to be real in my life. I want all of these things. Okay. But it's really easy to just sit in the middle of the road and go, man, but that stinking rock. Like things will change if I sit here long enough though. You ever, ever tried that? Like, no, tomorrow I'm going to wake up because I had a good night's sleep and things will be different. All right. And that just isn't true. That rock isn't going to go anywhere on its own. All right. And so this is the thing is, okay, man, how do I kind of navigate this in order to see and and really internalize the gospel, but also to really strive to be completely humble? Right. Because if all I think about is on Sunday mornings being completely humble, I don't know about y'all. Y'all are busy enough. You get going on with your day. You won't even think about it. And it's oftentimes we don't realize we're just sitting right in front of this obstacle. And we're, we're like, why, isn't, why aren't things changing, right? Okay. Um, so we're going to hit a few things. Um, and, and the first one is this, is, is if, in fact, you do want, all right, to just be completely bored, uninspired, uncalled, stay in your comfort zone. Stay right where you are most comfortable. Okay. What is like, here's the thing is that can encapsulate thousands of different things, right? There isn't just one thing, right? But help me out a little bit here. Okay. If, if you were to say this is a, I won't even make you turn yourself in. Okay. Just say, what would be like a traditional comfort zone that maybe a friend of yours could get stuck in? (laughs) Right. It's like comfortable, right? Because nothing now, understand what I'm saying here, though, too. I'm not saying if there's any leisure in your life, you're doing something wrong. If you enjoy anything, you're doing it. That's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about staying in this bubble where I don't want anything that feels hard or difficult or scared, right? Just like this comfort zone. And so it might be Netflix where you got, you're like, I am so stressed out today. I've got to watch all of season two of 24. I'm not saying anybody did that, okay, in this, in this room. I'm not, I'm not saying that happened, okay? <laughs> but, but, but you're just like, I got to kind of get away because that's where I'm safe and my comfort zone is. It's like just binge watching a show, right? Juliana? I think just with friendships, like I have a tight-knit group right. of friends. Right. Like when I was in campus, Woo. I had a very close group of friends. Yes. Anything beyond that is no. scary. Right. That's probably something everyone can relate to because it's like it's so comfortable when you just have your couple buddies and you're hanging out and talking and all that kind of stuff and going man if I never like get out of my comfort zone and what's interesting is is at some point somebody had to get out of their comfort zone for us yeah. at some point somebody had to do that 
Okay, at the very least, if you're like, no, 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 no one ever had to do that for me. All right, at the very least, I'm going to tell you, Jesus got out of his comfort zone for you. Okay, and, and so it's that idea of if, if we're supposed to love one another the way he loved me, there's no excuse, right? I mean, there are some comfort zones that people got out of in order to welcome me. And that's one of those words I hopefully we always hear is the idea of hospitality, right? As a disciple, is this idea of not just having someone in my home, but being a welcoming presence, right? So yeah, that can, my comfort zone can just be like, I have three friends. That's who I talk to. I don't look at anyone else. I walk in a building. I walk out of a building. I don't talk to anyone. All right. Fantastic. Well, it would be another one. Yeah. Um, just comfort zone of having a plan for everything. Yes. Making myself actually trust God or people. Yeah. Like, because everything has got to go. The minute, is that what you're talking about? Like, if, if something goes not planned, then it's like, oh, my goodness. I have to do everything I can to get back into planning mode. All right. And it's really interesting because... Jessica knows this, and, and we all know this is the unrealistic nature of that, but there's still that side of it where we're like, but, but I want to do everything I can. I've got six calendar programs. I've got the seven-day planners. I've got the, on the refrigerator. I write everything down. So everything, there's no, nothing will ever go unplanned. And then something goes unplanned. And you're going, oh. And, and you ever have that happen? And it ruins everything. Like it ruins your whole day. It's like everything comes to a complete halt. Yeah, I mean, that's a comfort zone, and we can go crazy on that. Like, I spent six hours today planning everything out, okay? And it, again, you know, plan some things. I mean, you know, come on. <laughs> don't, don't be that, like, hippie. Yes. Whoever, whichever one. Taking chances? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it really is that idea of here's, here's something that is really helpful. And you know, Lauren, where is Lauren? There's Low Muns right there. I remember at a, um, at a campus Bible talk, she talked about that, about what she does. And, yeah, I was listening to you. <laughs> or she made this completely up, and it's going to be really awkward right now. No, but she talks about how going to events or going to things that intentionally aren't in her comfort zone, right? And, and that takes some thought. All right, but, but really thinking about, man, uh, you know, let me kind of step out here and do something a little scary, right? Sometimes, it, sometimes for me, it's like where I spend too much time overthinking. Yes. And yeah. the opportunity, I mean, you know, like, am I going to take the opportunity or not? And yeah. to, like, you got to let the, yeah. all the what ifs or, yeah. you jump know, in. That, just jump in. Here's what I'll say to us don't do it at someone else's expense. Okay, what do I mean by that? I mean, like, don't go, okay, here's what I'm going to do. Um, I'm going to put a sandwich board on. I'm going to walk down on campus, and I'm going to start yelling at people because that scares me to death. And I'm going to start calling them names. <laughs> All right, that's a, that would be so scary, but you know how fired up Jesus would be if he knew I would do that, okay? Like, no, stop it, man. Don't do it at other people's expense, right? Challenge yourself, okay? Don't think of something you're scared of that's going to hurt someone else. All right. So, but yeah, it's that idea. When was the last time I actually did something that was scary? Right. That, that was like, oh my goodness, this is going to be really like out of my comfort zone here. Right. I'm going to just take this step. You know, it's interesting. This is the Bible. There is Bible on this, right? I mean, there, there's this idea of Jesus said something very interesting that there were two statements when he said, hey, follow me. That was an invitation to be out of your comfort zone. 
That was like, listen, I'm going to ask you to do some things and live in a certain way and love people. That might be the most uncomfortable thing. I'm going to introduce you to people that you might not even be comfortable with. I'm going to tell you to follow me. Come out of your comfort zone. All right. And then at the end, in Matthew 28, he said, go. Like, get going. Okay. In Matthew 10, he said, hey, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go over. Go, Pat, walk to the next town. And don't bring anything with you. This is a real story in the Bible, right? As, except not Pat, okay? He was saying this to his apostles. He said, go to the towns and just find somebody who will let you live with them. All right? And if they want to hear the gospel, proclaim it to them. And if they want to hear it, you stay right in their house, okay? Can you imagine how out of your comfort zone that would be? If Jesus was like, no, just take a walk over to Seneca. Don't take a wallet. Don't take food. Don't take nothing except bring your Bible. And just start knocking. Just, can I stay with you? Can, can I stay? Do you have some food? I can, can I stay with you? You'd go, wow, okay. That's very uncomfortable. All right. So this is one of the things that, wow, we're, we're going to be stuck, stuck, stuck. If there's no thought given to like getting out of a comfort zone. And here's what I found too. And, and I don't know how you hear that. I think sometimes it's really easy to hear that, okay, you, you better do this because you're doing something wrong. Okay. I think most people really do want to step out of the comfort zone. And what ends up happening is, is we don't think that often about it. We, we, you know, once you put some thought to something, then you're like, okay, hey, it's going to be scary, but I can do it. All right. And so there's this idea of if we want to just get stuck, stay put. To be bored, stay put. All right. To stay stuck, stay put. Don't like take that step out. Okay. All right, this is a guy right here. I don't know. I know um, Rich is going to have an emotional reaction when I show this, okay? It's Tiger Woods. I don't know how many of you guys even know. Tiger was pretty good in the old days. Um, I love Tiger Woods. He's one of my favorite golfers. But in this picture, um, there are people that, like, okay, I'm just going to point that out. That guy right there, the easiest thing in the world to do is to stand right there and watch Tiger Woods. That's the easiest thing in the world. That is absolutely 100% the easiest thing to do is to just stand there and go, you know what? You know what Tiger should have done different on that? (laughs) Fill in the blank for your thing, okay? Fill in the blank, okay? Maybe uh, Maybe it is a sporting event. You know what Tom Brady should have done? You know what Dabo should have done on Sunday or Saturday? You know what he should? The easiest thing in the world is to sit back in your own little zone of, you know, where, where me and you are the experts to everything, right? That's the easiest thing in the world. I, I listen to this often. I listen to sports radio, and now that Tiger Woods is playing again, everybody knows what his problem is. Here's what I would say is, is if one of those dudes said, I'm going to go stand out here in front of 200 people and hit a golf ball. I get nervous hitting a golf ball when no one's watching me, okay? Well, what am I saying about this is our comfort zone puts us in a place where we're just critical to everyone else. It, it just is, we, we always know what everybody else's problem is, you know, and, and we stay in this little bubble, all right, instead of going, man, you know what, um, if, if I want to critique Tiger, why don't I go pick up that golf club and see, you know, could any, would anybody have anything to say about me, all right? So this is just part of getting out of the comfort zone, Okay. What's the second thing here? If, if you really want to just get stuck, if you really want to not embrace, if you want to just get that, that obstacle on the road to just keep you right where you are, keep things hidden. Keep things hidden. And there's reason to keep things hidden. 
Because you can't trust anyone around you. Right? You, you, you can't trust. And, and I've heard this so often where it's like, well, no, 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 I can't tell so-and-so because whatever reason, they're not mature enough spiritually. They wouldn't understand. I don't respect them. This is one of the surefire ways. Keep a part of your life just absolutely hidden. And, and that part, what I'm saying when I'm, when, I'm, when I'm talking about that is that idea of the hidden part that just nags you and you know it's there all the time. And you know when you're talking to friends and you're talking to coworkers and stuff, you know there's a part of your life that you won't let anybody else be a part of. And you're just going to hang on to that. Okay? There isn't anything that will get us stuck more. That, that is such an obstacle right there. Okay? Turn over to 1 John chapter 1. Right? These are just simple things. But, and, and you may go, man, this is, I get out of my comfort zone. Um, you know, the, the first one doesn't apply to me. This one may. And, and maybe it doesn't either. I'm, I'm not sure. But I want you to examine that. Right? Is there things going on in your life that if your close relationships were to go, are you kidding me? That happens? That happens in your home? That happens with you? That happens with, really? Well, I can't believe that's happening. All right? Not because it's so horrible, just because maybe you've never opened up about it. You've never given the real picture. You've never painted the whole picture. Right? First John chapter 1, he says, uh, this is the message, verse 5, this is the message we have heard from him, we've heard from Jesus, and declare to you, God is light, and there is absolutely no darkness in him. If we say we have fellowship with him, but we walk in the darkness, we're lying and we aren't practicing the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. It's really interesting what they talk about here is he actually correlates that to relationships we have with one another. Right? And, and it's absolutely amazing how often there can be relational issues with people. And when you dig a little bit further, you find out, oh, man, there's hidden stuff in your life. Understand, John knew that that was going to hurt your relationships and my relationships. Right? That's why this is so vital that we stop and marinate on this for a second, okay? Before we like, hurry up, Keith, run through this. I don't want to talk about this stuff. Because there's generally a reason why we hide things. Whether it's an addiction, whether it's pornography, whether it's depression, mental health, whatever it is. There's a reason that we do. Whether it's some kind of little sin, whatever. There, there's a reason we do. And it's because we feel ashamed. We, we feel like people are going to think so horribly of me if they ever knew this right there's this uncomfortable feeling that no one likes to be a part of okay and remember when we talked about the gospel this is exactly the reason why because only in this story that jesus is telling and only this story of the gospel does he say listen dude welcome to this whole group of people that don't have it on straight like no you can come into the light and it's not shameful for you to come into the light. Actually, this is where I take the shame away. Right? This is where a community of humble people is required for us to do this. All right? Because humble people in community help one another come into the light. All right? Because it's not that idea of, you know, if you got your life on straight, you'd be more like me. 
Isn't that just, wouldn't, wouldn't you love to hear that more from people? Doesn't that make you want to come out? You're like, listen, do, do you see my life and how great it is? Like, if you would just come into the light, you could have what I have. Does that inspire you to do that? <laughs> You're like, I want so badly to do that because now I'm just feeling ashamed. But if I go through the shame long enough, maybe I'll feel better about myself. Instead of going, dang, you know what we all need? We need to remind, remind each other of this gospel story and go, I don't care what's going on in your life. The best place for it to be is out, okay? Mm-hmm. Is sit down and talk with somebody and don't be so strategic with who you talk to, all right? Don't be like, no, 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 there's, there's a diagram I put up where, you know, this Venn diagram where only where all the circles meet. Those are the people I talk to right there. All right. Hey, man, step out of your comfort zone a little bit. It may surprise you that the very people that you think I have no respect for spiritually may blow your mind. (laughs) You know, I mean, really, what what am I saying? Uh, Just clearly is let's get off our high horse. This idea. Yeah, but I'm so much better than this person. (laughs) I'm so much more equipped than this person. Man, I've, I've been trained in the ministry. It doesn't make me better. That doesn't make me anything. Okay, it doesn't make me some more, it shouldn't make me more trustworthy than you. It shouldn't do, it. it's that idea of, come on, let's lower, let's, let's lower ourselves and realize, you know, I can talk to the person sitting next to me and we're, we're, if we're humbly following Jesus, this is going to work out great because it's not about us. Yeah. All right? So it's this idea of, man, let's marinate in this a little bit and really examine, is there stuff going on? And it might not be something that you're doing. It might just be like this hidden attitude. And you're just going to keep it right there, this story that you're telling yourself, right? So that's the second one. <laughs> Look at that little chubby belly right there. But this is the thing. For real, this may be the greatest obstacle. Just, you ever heard of navel gazing? Yeah. You're just looking so, like we are, you can be so inward focused, all right, that you haven't even considered a single soul that's sitting around you in this room right now. Because it's so easy to get so caught up. It's so easy to get so caught up in, I have it worse than everyone. No one had less sleep than me last night. No one has a harder job as me. No one drives farther than Jacob to work. No. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. But you're going, man, it's so hard. It's right, even if it's true, but it's that idea of going, man, if you only knew how bad, okay? All right? Is, is this idea of we get so inward focused, all right? And, and, and here's what I want to say just very plainly, okay? Um, I, I've noticed over the past couple of months, it, it's been very interesting on Sunday nights, especially at Y Beach, um, the, just the number of folks, the number of friends that have come out and visited and, and, and wanted to join in and all this kind of stuff. And it's really, really, really interesting because I think what Juliana mentioned earlier can be happening is it's like I have my three people I talk to and I ain't talking to no one else right I I don't I don't care like I'm not even stopping long enough to know that oh wow you you mean y'all drove your boat over here and you're eating with us I'm gonna actually turn my back to you and instead of going hold on a minute if I walked in and I have brought my family I, I would think this is so weird it's just so strange because, it, but it's this idea of going, but nobody knows how hard I have it. Like, I need this time to relax. I, I don't want to talk to Carl and Joanne. I need to go and do my thing, right? I want to go and, you know, I don't want to talk to the parents that have kids. 
I want to do my thing. I don't want to go and play volleyball because I want to do my thing. And this whole idea of we have this this whole, no, I don't want to go out because, you know, there's too much noise out there. And it's like we've set ourselves up to like such these narrow parameters of what we'll actually go and give at. And, and we're just like so inward focused and we can't realize why, am, why aren't I hearing God more? Like, why am I mistrusting God? Why am I not when I open my Bible, not really like this is really great stuff? Why, why do I feel just dead inside? Why do I feel like my life is born? Why do I feel like these things? And you could just be walking around. You're so consumed with how hard you have it. All right. That you haven't even stopped a single second to go, man, you know what? I might, maybe I do have it kind of hard. But let me like pay attention to who is even around me right now. Who is, what's going on in their lives? What are they thinking about? Right? I mean, that's a huge, Philippians, turn over to Philippians chapter 2. This is, there's a word in here, okay? I want you to, this is the word that I just kind of honed in on. uh, Because I think it's so important for how we're going to be a community of faith in the community, okay? <coughs> Philippians 2 is like this, obviously this, this thesis on real humility here. Right there, he, he says it, uh, in verse 3, he says, Do nothing out of rivalry or conceit, okay? But in humility, like, wait for this right here, consider others more important than yourself. Okay. Now, here's the word I want you to think of, though. Consider other. Consider others. All right? It's, it's value others. But here's the, there's only one way to do that. You actually have to put some thought into it. Like, this isn't just an emotional expression. This isn't like, yeah, I am going to consider. I'm going to value others. I am going to do that. I'm just going to walk up and automatically do that. It's actually we have to think about one another. We actually have to think about our communities. We actually have to think about our coworkers. We have to think about our classmates. We have to think enough about it to know that, oh, you mean when I go somewhere, I actually can. I've, I have considered this. I have thought about this in order to even be in a humble relationship, in order for me to even serve, in order for me to meet a need, in order for me to be welcoming. Like I've thought through this. I haven't just like, oh, man. Oh, darn. Okay, church is at 10. That means we got to leave at 9.54. Uh, that means i got to get up at 9.45. Uh, that means, uh, okay, so we got to do all that in order, and then we'll get there, and we don't start until usually 10.03, so listen, bump that. We can sleep until 9.47, okay? No, no, no. See, here's the deal is, is, is uh, and that it's hilarious, except how can you possibly tell me that you've considered anyone? Because it just becomes your navel-gazing. You're just thinking about you. You're like, oh, I better get there. And then you get here, and you're like, oh, man, okay, well, where is everybody? Is Lauren made the communion? Is, she, is the singers all ready? I mean, come on. Is everybody ready to go? I'm here. You know? Instead of going, hold on a minute. I actually, in order to do this, I've got to consider others. I've got to consider. I want you to think about this stuff. I, I don't know which one is, like, hitting you. I don't know which one is the obstacle. All right? I don't know which one of those you're going, oh, man, maybe all three of these. Okay, but turn over to 2 Corinthians 5. We're going to finish up with this. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Yeah. Yes, please do. Um, I find that you talk about that because I remember um, we had a cross training with all girls mm-hmm. and we made a point, like we were t- 
talk about how like inward focus, especially with your prayer life. Yes. How it was about me, 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 like I pray for myself. And yeah. we did it where for a week we were only going to pray for each other in the group and yeah. don't pray about yourself. Yeah. And it was amazing how freeing it kind of was and how less worried I was about my problems because I knew that other people were praying for me or yeah. they were caring for me. Yeah. And I was doing the same for them. Yeah. And how like you want to be in one focus like with that control and like okay I got this but you're just so focused on it where when you let it go and you're like okay well other people are praying for me like yeah. how I don't know it just yeah. it's crazy how it's kind of upside down to what you would think it would be you're not worried about yourself completely that's a great way to put it <laughs> really great way to put it is this idea of this is the part of you know, if you want to get the ball rolling on something when it comes to following Jesus, you have to just start, pra- you got to put in a practice. Yep. And then you're like, oh my goodness, I never would have thought that, that to be the case. Like, no, I have to worry about me. I have to take care of me. I have to make sure everything's perfect for me. I have to do And then you're going, hold on a minute. Let me back up, realize that my life isn't the hardest. My things aren't the worst. My, I mean, seriously, if, if we live in Clemson, if we take just a step back and we go, you know, 99% of the world if you were to say to them, you can come and live in a town that's completely safe, and don't think in your head, like, no, there's crime, bro. I'm like, come on, man. That's not, like, real crime, you know? But it's that idea of you told 99% of the people you have access to clean water, you have access to food in abundance, a, commun- a close-knit community with really, like, beautiful mountains and lake and scenery, and you can walk around in safety, and you can raise your family in safety. Do you realize that well over 90% of the people in the world will go, sign me up for that community? And how often, we've talked about this before, you're going, oh, it's so hard going to Clemson University. God, like, like the semester is misery for you guys, man. And I'm going, really? Then give it to someone that wants it. Give it to someone that's not going to complain about it, all right? But it is, it's, it's really hard. Guys, we should not be whiners, all right? We should not be navel gazers. We should not be people going, oh, it's so rough living here. Oh, my goodness, really? Listen, there's millions of people that would go, I'll trade you. You come and live in my place where there's no water and no food, and people kill you. You want to trade? Like, no, 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 it's not that bad, okay? What am I saying of of all that kind of stuff is, man, we've got to kind of break free from the navel gazing that we have it bad. We have it great. Man, God has given us abundantly in just where we live and who we get to be around. And maybe there's other places that are more exciting. I don't know. But it's the idea of, man, I'm telling you, it's hard to find something to complain about living where we live, Okay. And, and let's just kind of raise our heads up and go, oh, you mean there are people around me? Let me get out of my comfort zone, jump in there, and let's build some humble relationships, right? 2 Corinthians 5, so this is what he says right here. He encapsulates all this, and we're going to finish with this right here. In 2 Corinthians 5, verse 14, he encapsulates everything. He says, for Christ's love compels us, okay? What that, all that means is, is you are driven by the gospel, His love is what makes me do everything, all right? Christ's love compels us since we have reached this conclusion. Now, I want to know, have you reached this conclusion? Okay, Paul says, I've reached this conclusion. If one died for me, then all died. That's what he says right here. If one died for all, then all died. And he died for all 
so that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for the one who died for them and was raised. Okay, Paul says, I've reached a conclusion. If the gospel's true, if God really did send his son, if his son really did die for me and everyone else, if that's really true, if he rescued me from death, there's only one conclusion I can draw, is I need to live for him. That's it, right? And that means getting out of myself. That means step trusting him to step out of my comfort zone. That means, man, deciding here and now, no more hidden stuff. No more stuff like, honey, me and you are going to keep this in our marriage. We're not going to talk about it with anybody else. No more of that, right? It's the idea of, no, let's be completely humble with one another.